Remember that scene in the original uh, first Captain America Marvel movie when Steve Rogers was a scrawny little, he was just a scrawny little thing, right? And it was uh, the military training, Steve Rogers' military training. I'm talking about the flagpole scene where he was the only one in 17, <laughs> in 17 years to get the flag and he got to ride up front with the pretty young lady. Uh, that's the kind of thinking I'm talking about because this that's what this story is about because all the other military people are trying to climb the f flagpole, but Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Cap, Captain America, did something different because he thought slightly different. And that is the one-handed mind, my friends. Yes, indeed. Here we go. Podcast number 230. I got my last podcast out, 229. I didn't get it done as early as I wanted, and I apologize. You can go back and read it, uh, listen to it. It's actually great. It's about laughter and some really good friends I was hanging with in Indiana, and it was just a really special moment. But this podcast... Is about, one of the, is about one of the qualities of not having two hands and how simply by default and the life that I live, I simply have to think differently to solve problems. And then part of it is uh, another aspect of that is I see a lot of two-handed people really trying to solve problems in a very two-handed way, and I get it. But I'm talking about more thinking outside of that two-handed thing. So that's why the podcast is named The One-Handed Mind. Because the, the way that my mind works is a little different because everything revolves around one-handedness. I'm constantly encountering situations where my body does not fit that very well. And I have to figure out how I'm going to get stuff done. Tying shoes, driving cars lifting objects, uh, typing, just the list is long because I live in a two-handed world. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I got just a sweet little story to explain that. And I wanted to open with that cap video. I'm going to put it down in the links. You can check it out. It's pretty famous. Uh, pretty famous moment in uh, Captain America. But this, this story I'm telling relates to that, and it's really about the one-handed mind. I, I actually thought about it last night when I was stringing a mala. So I have a small side business called Mala Counters, malacounters.com, and I sell high-end Buddhist practice gear, mostly Vajrayana, malas, mala counters, and uh, boom counters for uh, tracking mantras. And one of my implements was starting to get slightly frayed, and I thought about cutting it at an angle to create a new tip. And I just remembered this moment that I had, and it just it just made sense that this would be, that that story would be the podcast. So, way back in the day, about seventeen years ago, uh, I went on a Zen retreat, a week long Zen retreat. It's called a uh, Sashin. So it's a week long of sitting, no talking, walking, meditation, a whole lot of Zen, a whole lot of sitting. At that time, I was doing a lot of Zen. Uh, I'm, I'm Vajrayana Buddhist now, so I, I don't do as much Zen, not, not even close really. But uh, So I went with this Zen order. My uh, martial art sensei, Tisha Bell sensei, who's also a Zen patriarch, uh, was going. And I'm into the Zen. He's a six-degree black belt Aikido 
and uh, like, okay, let's do it. Let's do this week-long retreat. Why not? You know, let's try it out. I'm there. We do the week-long retreat. I, I don't even want to get into it. It was very power, powerful for me. It's very difficult to sit basically in silence with yourself, with other people for a week. And, uh, you know, we, we'll sit for 45 minutes at 4.30 in the morning and then do a 10-minute walk and sit for 45 minutes, do a 10-minute walk, you know, half an hour sit, breakfast in silence, go back to sitting. And then just that is basically all we do. Sit, sleep, eat. Da-da. That's it. Na-na-na. Okay, so finally the retreat's over. We're kind of celebrating. We're talking. We're having a good time. And uh, there's a number of the Zen monks there. And, you know, whenever people complete this, you know, a week-long retreat, they get this skull bead. Because the name of the Zen order is Hollow Bones. Right? It's an American Rinzai Zen order. Um, so they have these these beads and then... You know, you can kind of look around to see what people have been on 10 retreats because they're wearing a necklace with 10 skull beads on it, that kind of thing. And I'm looking at this monk, you know, we're, we're I don't know, it's post-dinner. We're all just kind of hanging out. We're kind of waiting for a meeting to start or something crazy like that. And the whole time this monk, he seems slightly distracted or maybe he's a monk wannabe because he's trying to string this bead on this leather cord and he's just not doing it. You know, he's got the bead in one hand. He's trying to push this cord in. You know, he's pulling it on his mouth. He's like licking it. He's trying to push it through this hole. And, you know, now it's starting to become a thing because people are watching him. He wasn't even paying attention to the meeting. He was just like so asphyxiated on this project. Like, oh, I'm going to get this through. I'm going to get this through. And then he passed it on to someone else. He couldn't get it on. You know, this other this other monk wannabe was like, well, I, I have a thinner leather, you know, because they passed out leather and all this. And, and uh, you know, you can see people have 15 beads on, like they've been to 15 week-long retreats and they got bigger ones for the 30-day retreats and uh, all that kind of stuff. So a couple, a number of people tried it. And then later, this guy, the original guy, is still trying to work on it. Right. And then people are laughing. We're all hanging out. There might have been a couple beers around or I don't know. I think people were just milling around waiting out for dinner and he's just trying to work this thing. And it's actually a thing like I, I'd mentioned it. I was like, man, you're really stuck on that. He's like, oh, I really want to get that on there, you know, and a couple other people were making fun of him. <laughs> you know, and this is like, you know, this has gone over for like an hour, hour and 15 minutes or something. And and uh, I was like, here, let me try that. And he's like, there's, he's like, there's no way you're, you're, there's no way you're going to do that, you know? And uh, basically he's saying, because I don't have two hands, right? And I was like, oh no, no, I, I can, I can do that. I know I can do that. And uh, this other guy's like, you, you can't do that. <laughs> and you know, my sensei was there, Tisha, and I looked over at Tisha. It's so funny because I should have bet these guys a hundred bucks, but I looked at these guys and every, there were a bunch of people there. Everyone kind of knows what's going on. And I said, you know what? I bet I can do that in under two minutes. I can string that bead in under two minutes. And they just, they were like, there is no way. And at that point, I should have bet him a hundred bucks. And I looked over at Tisha and Tisha's, you know, Tisha Sensei's looking over at me. He's smiling because he knows me. He knows I wouldn't make that statement with that much confidence and, and not be able to do it. Not be able to do it. So it's so, it, I was so prepared for this moment. It, this, this is great. 
So this guy gave me the string and gave me the bead. <laughs> I sat down. I put the bead, I put the string on my leg and I put my short arm on it to kind of hold it in place, you know? And then I reached into my pocket. I pulled out a Swiss army knife. I opened up the scissors and I cut the trailing end of the leather at a slight angle and then I just strung it through the bead like a needle it took me maybe 45 seconds and Tisha laughed so hard he was high-fiving me everybody was stunned <laughs> everyone was stunned everyone was stunned and it was just like it was a very powerful one-handed moment because part of it is, is these monks are very aware of who Bodhidharma is and Bodhidharma's number one student Hoi Ko from the Shaolin Temple back in 549 AD. I've done a couple podcasts about this Buddhist Shaolin monk. He had one hand, you know, and these guys had made reference to me like, hey, man, you, you know who Hoi Ko is? I'm like, yeah, I, I know exactly who Hoi Ko is. And then they see me string this bead like a banshee. Yeah, they were they just couldn't believe it. And then I was like, well, you know, I think differently because I have one hand and the solution isn't trying to push it through with two hands. The solution is trying to think about an alternative way of making that possible. Yeah, Tisha and I left. We just left them stunned. They were all standing there with their jaws on the ground, just could not believe what happened. I should have made a hundred bucks. I should have bet that this guy was so sure I couldn't do it. And Tisha just laughed. Oh, it was such a great one-handed moment, right? But not just a one-handed moment. It's the one-handed mind. It's the mind that I have. Because when I saw him struggling, I was like, oh, well, yeah, dude, you just got to cut the string at a narrower angle like a needle tip and just push it through. Like, what What are you not seeing there? So I think everybody learned something out of that. And it's just one of the qualities of uh, a one-handed mind. Okay, my friends, I'm going to keep this one a little bit on the shorter side. And that will be that. We'll see you next week for podcast number uh, 231. And uh, let's uh, let's just stay safe, mask up, you know, be cool, do all that kind of stuff, take care of each other, uh, be kind, and be smart. All right, everyone, 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 come on now, let's just be brave, kind, and courageous. See, I told you, he's strange and wonderful. Hey, thanks for tuning in. This is Alejandro with One Hand Speaks. Find me online at onehandspeaks.com and all your social media outlets. <laughs>